Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump, right? In today's episode, we talked about the holidays. This is when everybody gains lots of body fat. It's very challenging. So we wanted to give you hacks, eight holiday hacks that can help prevent weight gain or more specifically, fat gain. Uh, now, this episode is brought to you by one of our sponsors, Paleo Valley. So Paleo Valley makes some of the best paleo-inspired supplements like bone broth protein, actually the least processed protein powder I've ever had in my entire life. Very easy on the digestion. I love it. Um, they also have like an organ complex supplement. I give it to my kids. They won't eat organ meats because, of course, they don't taste too good. But I give them organ complex and they get the nutrients from organs in a capsule and many, many other products, including, oh, here's another one that's great. They're grass-fed and grass-finished beef sticks. They're amazing. Anyway, go check them out. Check out their products. Head over to paleovalley.com forward slash mindpump. Use the code mindpump15. That's mindpump15 for 15% off your first order. Also, all month long, we're running a sale on Maps Anywhere. It's 50% off. It's a workout program that requires only resistance bands, no weights, no machines, nothing else. It's equipment-free, very effective program. And we have our Fit Mom Bundle, which is 50% off. Now, that includes Maps Anywhere, Maps Hit, Maps Anabolic, and the Intuitive Nutrition Guide. So it's three workout programs plus a nutrition component bundled together, discounted, and then discounted again for an additional 50% off. If you're interested... Head over to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code NOVEMBER50. That's November50 with no space for that discount. You know what's funny is that obviously we all worked in gyms for a long time, managed gyms, and everybody knows, especially if you work in a gym, that January, way more people come in, way more people want to sign up. Way it's more National Treadmill Month. It's that whole you know New Year's resolution thing, but I think it has more to do Guilt. With the fact that, yeah, they just had the holidays, right? <laughs> yeah. What's that stat? Like the average American gains like 10 pounds? Uh, you know, I've, I've said this stat every year. I and like I think it's I'm, 20. I've seen, yeah, I've seen it all over. I've seen everything from as low as eight to as high as like 20 pounds over the holiday. So like the, I've, and maybe Doug could Google it, but the last time I looked, it was less than what I think I said on this show, but somewhere between eight and 20 pounds on average people put on from, I believe, it starts on Halloween. So Halloween mm. till January 2nd, the average American adds anywhere between 8 to 20 pounds. I know it's a wide range. And the but. problem with that is that they go to try to lose it, obviously doing it the wrong way, and they end up losing either half of it or none of it, and then they go the next year, and it ends up being cumulative. So after five or six years, I'm 30 pounds overweight or whatever. Anyway, what I want to do is I would like to give people behavioral and kind of objective strategies that can help them with this holiday season. You know, we got Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's Eve, um, families getting together. And I think it's important that people have some like 
easy to apply strategies that kind of will prevent this weight gain uh, that people experience during the, the holiday. The eight holiday hacks to prevent weight gain. Yeah, let's let's Fat talk about gain. some of the ones that we've used also. Because uh, if you're not intentionally conscious of what you're putting in your mouth, it's going to get away from you. It, it let's totally, be honest. It so totally the first does. one is the 40-day fast. So <laughs> from, from now, 40 days. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, this will definitely make sure you don't gain if any If you don't fat. eat for 40 days, I mean, <laughs> no, that would cover it. It's, no, no, that is not a strategy. That's a terrible strategy. All right, let's start with the first one. And I've heard you talk about this, Adam. I do the same thing mm. when I go to family parties. Yes. It might, and I have a big family. Typically, when we go, we have big family parties, holiday parties. Everybody tends to bring a dish yeah. or two dishes, Br right? You bring the healthy dish. That's what I do. Yes. That's exactly what I do. You're I, the health ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll typically bring a vegetable dish or a lean protein dish or something that I know that at the very least I can turn to when I'm hungry. Well, you know how this started for me. So, uh, I mean, Katrina and I have been together for uh, 11 years now and it was at about the midway point when, uh, or even a little bit before. So it was about what year four, year three or four, uh, when I began preparing to uh, um, get ready to compete. So even before I was competing, but getting prepared for that, and I began to carry my food around and Tupperware all the time. And like her family, lots of traditions and the way they do like meals is there's a bunch of food that everybody agrees is like everyone's favorite foods that they want there. And then it's just like, oh, Katrina, you have this this year. You know, Jerry, you have this this year. And yeah, they kind of yeah, pass yeah. around like the dishes. And this is during the time where I like I'm carrying Tupperware around all over the place. And I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. I'm going to go here. And like, the only thing I can eat is turkey. Like, so I said, why don't we, and I remember the first year we had to kind of compromise, like, okay, we'll make that dish. And in addition to that, I want us to make one or two dishes that I can actually eat. And so it started as me bringing additional healthy dishes to the Thanksgiving dinner. And then now it's become actually something that people are starting have introduced the family to some of these dishes yeah, that yeah. are, you know, less marshmallows and, and sugar inside. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of that, yeah, because you get the salad, quote unquote, that's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. jello with marshmallows. Yeah. So I had to do the same thing. I'm like, I'm the one that's going to bring the salad with the dark leafy greens that has some fiber in it. Yeah. So I can actually help my digestion, which is a big problem for me with these big holiday meals. That's exactly what I do. I yeah. bring, I'll bring like two uh, vegetable dishes that are relatively low calorie that taste good and easy for you to prepare. Easy to prepare. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. And, uh, and we'll bring them and then we'll put them out and people will eat them too. But at least I know that there's some, there's an option there for me that I can turn to and eat. That's going to give me some of the healthy benefits. Now that, is, and I think we're all on the same page. I think that's been a, a, a huge help for me personally is just having a better option there. There's another one that, um, I've started to do ever since you, and it's something that your family does. And I believe it's Thanksgiving. I don't know if you guys do this on Christmas or it's Thanksgiving. It's the day after Thanksgiving. Okay, it's the day, it is Thanksgiving, right? So you've been doing this forever. When we first met, I thought it was really cool that your family, I've joined you now uh, on some of them, and I made sure to make sure our family does something similar, which is organize, organizing some sort of a you know, family physical activity. Now yours specifically is you guys all go to the gym, work out. Like you guys all used to go to your gym. Now you go to this, our gym here yep. and get this big. And it's cool because it's like a, you know, three hour occasion. It's not a normal traditional, like most of it is having fun and talking and catching up with each other. Then we, we test each other's strength. We do weird exercises. Yep. Like it's definitely not a formal workout, but I, I love that because once you go experience that and you realize that, oh, this isn't just, uh, you know, fanatical Sal with his workout and he has to do his routine. 
it's actually a time to bond and everybody, even people that aren't into really working out can have fun. And it's enjoy. become a part of the holiday yeah. for us. And it started, I want to say maybe thir as long as 13 or 14 years ago, where I would, I have a lot of cousins um, and, and family members that are, you know, male that are right around the same age. Me and my cousin, Sep, are the oldest. And then we have kind of younger and it's about eight, eight year age difference. But now we're all older. So we're all, you know, the same, right? We're all adults. And about 13 years ago, I was like, hey, we should mm. all meet up and we'll meet up at my studio and we'll all work out uh, the day after Thanksgiving. And it's this all day thing and we hang out, we have a great time and it's become a, it's become a ritual and a part of the holiday. And what's cool about this is, yes, you get activity, but you're also, you're also getting a, the value that you would get from holidays, which is to be around yeah. the people that you love. So you're essentially, you're organizing a physical activity of bonding with your family, which we I think used, is yeah, we used to do like nature hikes, um, you know, with the whole family, and then we started to ramp it up, and then we did uh, flag football. It turned out that I was like all time quarterback, and then it was just me and the kids. Uh, I'm trying to sell this a little bit more to the family still, <laughs> but uh, I'd love to to now, you know, evolve that into more of like a fun kind of a weight training uh, event to go with that as well. So yeah, we'll I mean, see this year. We 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 put we play music and we'll switch the music, so I'll put on the metal, and then my other cousin. Put on EDM and then some, and we'll talk crap to each other and and then yeah, like Adam said, we'll see who's the strongest or whatever lift. Although now that we're getting older, everybody's got an injury, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, everybody, yeah, every, oh, yeah. my knee. Everyone opts out. Oh, my hip. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. But I mean, it's it's a good time, and it's it's again, it follows the tradition of the holiday, and it's awesome. And I tell you what, if you're the fitness fanatic in your family. You would be surprised how much your family actually appreciates the fact that you lead a workout. Now, one piece of advice. Your goal isn't to beat the crap out of your family. Yeah. <laughs> you have fun with them, but they will appreciate it. Well, we'll I'm glad you talk politics. I'm that. glad you said that because I think the key to this, because I know there's somebody listening and they're like, there's no way I'm going to get my family to do this. And if you, if you present it like a traditional workout where you're going to, everyone's going to be very formal and following sets, reps, and yeah. trying to get as much as you can done in an hour, it's like, no, you're not going to win that battle with the family. But if you can turn it more into an experience, an event, like a, a social thing that while we're also moving at the same time, I think that's the secret sauce to turning it into something that happens more consistently. And that's what I really even enjoyed about coming to the workout that I did originally with you guys is that that's how it was. It wasn't this very informal. Yeah. Very, very informal. It's so informal that so be like, Hey, hey let's go try this. Okay. Or how heavy can you lift this? And like, and then yeah. everybody would kind of do it and we bullshit for a while and talk about stocks and other stuff and then go back to doing it. And so I think if you're a fitness uh, person and you're trying to encourage your family to do this, um, Katrina's family, they, uh, most of them love basketball, the girls, the guys, they all played ball growing up, uh, even though we're all older and so that, so we organize like a basketball game. Yeah. See, so, that's a blast. Yeah. We all play basketball and then, um, her mom and some of the aunts and stuff that are a little bit older, something they do that I actually joined this one year. I remember I couldn't play basketball. I can't remember what my injury was. I think it was my Achilles. That's what it was. Um, uh, but I could walk at the time. Uh, they get up in the morning. I like this. I know this isn't on our hack. Um, we didn't list this one, but this kind of goes coincides with this is I also love on Thanksgiving morning to get up early before I have any food or anything is just to go for a nice long walk. Yeah. Early walk. It's beautiful kind of fall and weather. It's a family together. Yeah. 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 And, and we get a group, whoever wants to go for the walk and it's, you know, typically six or seven of us and we go walk for, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. Same thing. It's, it's not, uh, not real hardcore exercise. It's more us 
talking and enjoy each other's company. And I just, it sets the tone for the day and gets you burning calories before you even consume anything. I think this is uh, tremendously helpful in combating the extra weight. Oh, it's a, it's a good time. All right, so the next one. Now, this is one of the only times you'll hear us communicate fasting in this particular way. Um, and and I'll, I'll explain why. So the, the strategy is to fast before the holiday meal and then fast afterwards. When you're done with the meal, you're done and you don't eat till the next day. Now, why do we do this? Here's one of the reasons why. I know as a fitness fanatic, one of the things that used to mess with me was, oh my gosh, I'm going to eat all this food. I'm going to eat these pies. I'm going to eat these desserts. And if I fasted leading up to it, then what it did is it helped my mind, it put my mind at ease a little bit. Like, okay, I'm going to enjoy this meal. I'm not going to worry too much about the calories or whatever. And, and we're going to get into some more hacks and talk about how you can actually enjoy the meal and not you know, turn it into a binge where you're actually not being aware at the time. You're actually in another space. But nonetheless, fasting leading up to it kind of does set the stage for this wonderful, enjoying, you know, this meal that you can enjoy with your friends and your family. Well, I like this too, because I don't think anybody uh, gets fat over the holidays from the one Thanksgiving meal. No. What gets you is the 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 grazing all day long. Yeah. Is the oh, two to three drinks, to the cookies and snacks, to the pies and treats, to the and going the back for sec seconds and thirds, you know, an mm -hmm. hour, two hours later. That's, I mean, it's really tough to consume, you know, two, over two to 4,000 calories in one sitting. So mm -hmm. I don't care how big you, that's hard for most people. There's exceptions to every I'm rule, sure someone watching is like, you want to bet? I yeah, I know. There's always somebody who can crush that kind of food. And may, maybe in, in my, my best time ever, I could probably put down three, 4,000 calories. But even then, I mean, it, you're not, I'm not putting on a pound of fat from that one meal, no. even crushing that much, especially if I fasted leading up and then I decided to shut it down afterwards. So I like that for this. That way, when I'm sitting there at dinner and I'm having, you know, the Thanksgiving meal, I'm not going like, oh, that's 400 calories. Oh, that's, I'm not yeah. thinking about how much I'm consuming. I've just said, hey, I didn't eat all day today. I've been waiting for this meal. I'm going to get down and I'm going to enjoy the shit out of myself. Yeah. And then when I'm done, I'm shutting it down. It takes yeah. a little bit of the pressure off, you know, it allows you to be a little more flexible, I think, and and be more present because yeah, with fitness fanatics, especially like going into something like this, start to kind of, you know, calculate it as they go. And like, I'm putting this in, but I should only eat probably like a slice of this. And then, you know, there's all these like hacks and strategies out there where you're only going to eat a little bit of this and only drink a tiny. It's like, no, you get like, that's just, that's crazy. Nobody, nobody does that and has a good time. Well, the mentality of the fast leading into the holiday meal makes a big difference. If my mentality around the fast is, Ooh, I'm not going to eat anything. So I could go crazy at my holiday meal. You may find yourself, you know, tipping into like these kind of binge, uh, you know, behaviors. What I like to try to do is when I fast leading up to the meal, I fast as a way to detach from food. So it's somewhat of a spiritual, you know, for lack of a better term, I hate using that term here, but really it's about detaching. It's a holiday. I'm thankful, focusing on my kids and my wife and my family. I'm looking forward to seeing people, eating the food that people prepared, getting together with people I haven't seen maybe in a little while. So it's really detaching from food. And then now we're all together and it's this holiday, it's this tradition, and we're enjoying this time together. So it's not, and now we talk about physiologically, the fact that you're avoiding calories and you're eating calories. So it results in less calories overall, but the mentality you go into, it makes a big difference. It's not, I'm going to starve myself so I can pig out. Right. It's I'm detaching and focusing on important things right now. And I know later I'm going to enjoy myself. You're not actively trying to stack plates. Uh, right. You got to be reasonable. Well, and it, and it also, again, it, it, it helps 
prevents you from doing that that mindless eating while you're sitting around because you've already just kind of told yourself like, hey, I'm, I'm going to eat. I'm going to wait for the meal. I'm going to wait for the meal. I'm going to eat. So then when the cookie plates, because I mean, like, I don't know what your guys Thanksgiving looks like, but from literally the night before even and the morning of and all day long, yep. there's there's stuff on the table yeah. and yep. there's chips and ranch dressing. And every and, time you walk by, there's something. To yeah, pick. there's something for you to be kind of picking out all yeah. day. And I really think that that's what gets most people in this situation is the the grazing all day long while you're enjoying the family and having conversation mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it's like, okay, well, instead of doing that, I'm just going to enjoy the family and I'm not going to do all the grazing and then I'll have a nice dinner. Right. And if I do that, then the calories won't sneak up on yes. me. Yes. Now this next point is kind of, it's a very effective way of naturally reducing calories without telling yourself that you're restricting yourself. And I learned the strategy a long time ago when I experimented with uh, the warrior diet. There was a book that came out years ago called The Warrior Diet. And basically, we eat one meal a day. And, uh, you know, for uh, not to go into it, I don't think it's a great strategy for most people. But one thing that I did learn from it was when I would eat that one meal, there was this order of operation with the foods that I ate. And I noticed that it did really work well with my appetite. And this is how it worked. The first thing that I ate when when I was ready to eat was protein. I prioritized the protein first. The next thing that I ate was vegetables. Then I would eat a big serving of vegetables. And then if I felt not satisfied, like I want to eat a little, then I would move to the starches and other foods. If you eat in this way and prioritize that way, what you may find is that you actually eat less. Now, protein mm-hmm. has been shown to have appetite suppressing effects. It's got, it it's really very hits. very satiating. Yes, you're very, very satiating. So if I eat like a bunch of turkey or a big piece of steak or meat, and then I eat my vegetables and a big salad... <clears throat> And that's what I'll do. I'll go get all the vegetables that are being served and I'll eat all those, right? After I eat my protein. And then I'll sit there and I'll think, do I, do I, am I satisfied? You know, how do I feel? No, I'm kind of full or maybe I'm not. Now I'll get the mashed potatoes. Now I'll have the pasta. Now I'll have the bread and the starches. Because if I start with those, it almost always leads to eating more overall, right? So this is one of my favorite strategies. And I use this strategy year round. So this is one of the ways that I manage uh, my eating when I go out to eat. So instead of saying, Mm -hmm. I can't have a nice dinner with Katrina, you know, every single Friday night, if I want to, I absolutely can do that, that this is just one of the ways that I manage the calories without feeling like I'm restricting or telling myself I can't have the bread or I can't do this. It's Mm -hmm. like, sure, I can do that stuff. I'm just, if I just eat my foods in this order, what tends to naturally happen is by the time I get to the French fries, by the time I get to the tortilla chips, by the time I get to the dessert, I'm so full on the meat and veggies that the car, the carbs, the starches, the desserts, they just don't even sound that appealing. And even if they sounded so amazing before going to dinner and I told myself, I can't wait to try that. I end up taking a bite or two and then that's it. Versus I, I'm thinking about the cake or I'm thinking about this dessert or those chips or those French fries and I'm doing it while I'm simultaneously eating my protein and veggies. And then what ends up happening, I'm more and more over here on the starchy carbs. And before you know it, I don't finish my protein and I overconsume my calories because I had so many carbs versus I just go, Hey, I'm going to take this big serving of meat and veggies. I'm going to crush that. Then I'll move over to this food. And I love that because there's that psychological part of that. I'm not saying I'm, I can't, or I won't eat that. I'm just saying, I'm going to make sure I get my protein and, yes. and veggies, the things that my body needs. I'm going to take care of that first and then I'll indulge on whatever I, however I feel afterwards. Yeah. It was super enlightening for me going through even just when I was doing carnivore diet and just focused on eating meat, 
how incredibly difficult it was to bring the level of calories up that I needed to match, uh, you know, and that was just focused on eating meat. And so, you know, applying that same kind of starting strategy of, you know, seeking out meat first and then going on to vegetables and then, you know, starchy carbohydrates. I think it's a brilliant strategy. It's, it really sets you up for, uh, you know, staying on that sort of lean tape. Oh, it's, it's super satiating. Like my goal is to be satisfied after my meat and vegetables. That's the goal. Like, well, and by the way, I use the word satisfied. I don't use the word full. There's a difference for me. When I say full, it means like, Oh my God, I can't breathe. I'm totally full. Yeah. Satisfied is like, I'm cool. I yeah. feel good. Right. That's the feeling that I'm aiming for. So I aim to be satisfied with the proteins. And by, you know, here's again, studies show that protein is very satiating. Also, typically your protein comes with some fat. So what you're getting are your essential macronutrients, the ones that your body needs to have. Carbohydrates, although they have value for performance and other things, they're not essential. So it just makes sense to, to prioritize the things that will uh, make your reduce your appetite and also give you the essential macronutrients. Well, there's got to be somewhat of a, a muscle sparing effect here also, right? Because, or at least for me, I notice that when I'm off the diet and I'm not, you know, tracking or paying attention, and I'm just eating whatever's in sight. I I tend to, because of old habits, uh, gravitate towards uh, the carbohydrates first before yeah. protein. And before long, and I've talked to you guys about this many Your times on the show. Low. Yeah, I, I could easily go four or five days in a row where protein's forty grams, sixty grams in a day. But I got plenty of calories. I ate 5,000 calories. Mm -hmm. It just came from starches and sugars and foods like that. That That's what the bulk of it. And you got to think that that paired, so eating bad, over-consuming on the, on the calories, under-consuming on the protein has got to speed up the process of me paring down muscle. Of course. Because my body's not getting what it needs to sustain that. No, so, it does. It does. The so, studies will show that. Right. And so simply by also making myself make sure I at least hit my protein target. So that, and that's really kind of how that started. It started for me again, back into the, like when I, I cared so much about every pound of muscle I was keeping on my body. I was more focused on that. What I saw as a side benefit was, oh, wow, when I was targeting that protein intake, I ended up not eating as much of the the, the sugars and carbs and, and starchy carbs. So uh, I think this is a, a wonderful strategy that uh, everybody should consider on Thanksgiving and really consider this when you eat out and throughout the year, because I think this has helped me tremendously in my last decade or two of like following my nutrition like this. Totally. Uh, the next one, this one was one that came to me as an adult a little later, and it really was super valuable for me. And it was to remind myself to be present and be in the moment. And this is how it happened, right? I was eating a dish that was super palatable, right? Super tasty. And at this point, I would do the on the wagon, off the wagon thing with diet. So I was kind of young and I'd bulk and cut and do this crazy stuff. And I remember looking forward to this holiday meal and looking forward to this dish. And right when I got in front of it, I couldn't eat it fast enough. And I remember at one point realizing that even though there's a bite in my mouth, I'm not enjoying the bite in my mouth. I'm only thinking about the one that's on the fork that's about to go on my mouth. And I realized I'm not enjoying this. What it is, it's like this dopamine hit. I'm only anticipating the next bite and that's what I'm after. And that's what produced this kind of overeating, speed eating kind of effect. So what I started to do was I started to focus on the food that was in my mouth, not the food that was on the plate or on the fork. So I'd bite, put the fork down, and enjoy the food that was in my mouth. Enjoy the taste of the drink in my mouth. Enjoy the people around me. And what happened was, this is funny, I actually enjoyed the meal more. So I didn't eat until I couldn't breathe anymore and I was in pain. Mm -hmm. I was present with the people around me. 
And the food itself was more enjoyable because I slowed down to enjoy every single bite rather than seeing how fast I could possibly eat this food. Yeah, it's it's interesting once you kind of get in that mindset because for me, I used to just chew the food and then I would wash it down as quick as possible, not realizing that that was like the way that I always ate. And it was, it was almost like it was a race, but uh, I ended up, I would choke on my food. I would eat like two big of bites and then I try and slam it down with, with liquid. And uh, once I really started to kind of slow down, you know, and be present and then and, and just focus on just chewing it enough so I could actually swallow it without having to drink something with it. So it sounds silly. It's a big thing. It's a big deal. It's huge, it makes man. A huge it helped my digestion and everything else too. I've, I, I didn't realize that was uh, causing so much stress for me. Do you guys think this is a, or Doug, I want to ask you, you're the, probably the most culturally diverse out of all of us. Like, is this like a American thing? Because I feel like when you go to other countries, it's it's so much more of a, a social event than it is just an eating frenzy where I feel in America where that's how a lot of people are. They and just the portions down. are a lot different. Yeah, massive portions places, yeah. and you're shoveling down. Do you find that in other cultures it's it's not like that? Do you think that's us or do you think that's a problem everywhere? I definitely feel like Americans really like to eat quickly yeah. and eat mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I mean, you often hear about Europeans eating for hours. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, even when you go to like restaurants, I was just going to say, you go to a restaurant. I remember the first time when I was in um, in Paris and we were eating out. It tripped me out because, and I actually thought they were being rude at first because they'd never brought the bill over or they, you know, would check on us every twenty minutes or whatever like that. But it's you look around and people go in and they dine for three hours. And it's like a whole event. They don't bring you the bill unless you ask for it. Yeah. They'll, yep. they'll just, and there's and there's a long time in between courses. Yeah. You're sitting so there. frustrated as a waiter. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it, and it's it's like, Get you know. Well, that's American culture is I like know. that, right? We're all about speed. Turn, turn, those, turn those tables. Yeah. Eat faster. You know, like, it's funny. So my grandfather, he eats super fast. But I didn't realize this until later. He did he did this because when he was a kid. <laughs> he's poor and he needed to make sure he was poor. <laughs> and he would travel at nine years old on his own and find jobs. And then the, whoever was you know paying him and the other workers would provide them with lunch. And it was like a big pot of hot, really hot beans or whatever. And if he didn't eat it fast, he didn't get any food. So he learned this habit of eating fast. And I remember when he explained it to me, I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But no, it's you enjoy your food. Enjoy what's in your mouth. Don't think about what you're about to put in your mouth. Don't drink any liquids. That slows you down. And try this. Put your fork or your spoon down in between bites. And you'll. I swear to God, it, number one, it allows the food to hit the stomach. and allows the signal to go up to the brain to say you're full. By the mm-hmm. way, when you eat fast, one of the reasons why you become uncomfortably full mm. is because your brain didn't get the signal fast enough and you might've thrown in another, you know, 300 calories. Well, I also think that Thanksgiving is such a, a, a great time to practice this because if there was ever a time when you've got family and friends the, uh, from all over the family, yeah. all sitting at one table and it is very conducive to take breaks between, you know, the servings and to talk in between bites. Like this is the time to practice totally. that, you know, like, and one of the strategies you can do is instead of like loading your plate up with the whole food, all the food you're going to eat is actually give yourself just a tiny portion of everything, finish a portion enjoy talking for a little bit, mm-hmm. finish another portion, enjoy talking for yeah. a little bit and like break it up with, you know, five, 10 minute breaks in between every little portion and kind of enjoy the conversation. This will help kind of keep those calories down naturally. Again, without telling yourself, I can't have this or I can't it's do that. It's funny because I, I've had clients that I've like talked and communicated this to, and they'll be like, you know, what's funny 
you know, when I'm at Thanksgiving dinner, like it's about the food and then I'll eat real fast. And then we're just like, okay, like, what do we do now? Just drink and sit around. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you know, it's funny Backward. when we slowed, when we slow down, we're like now enjoying this meal all together for a couple hours or three hours and really having a lot of fun. That brings us to this next one. And this one I started doing uh, again later on because I would find that I would eat so fast and I'd go back for seconds so quickly that I would reach this uncomfortable point. So what I started to do is I started to tell myself, if I want to get seconds, that's okay. I got to wait 15 minutes. Mm. Let the food hit first. And what, what ended up happening is half the time I didn't get seconds because that first plate hit my stomach, brain got the signal. I'm actually full rather than, oh, I'm done. Let me get up real quick and grab another plate. So it's an easy rule to follow. You just say to yourself, like, I'll get a plate. And then if I finish this plate, I'll give myself 15 minutes before I go. And not that you're not going to get seconds. All you have to do is wait 15 minutes. That's, I mean, that's obviously similar to the strategy I was just mentioning exactly. right now. And you know what I've never done? And we're sitting here having this conversation. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll try this this year. Like, you know, there's so many dishes right on the, on the table and kind of like, or at least I don't know what your guys' family, we, you know, everyone's kind of either passing their plates around, you know, then yeah. everyone's scooping the stuffing. Okay. Then the turkey, everyone pass around. Then we, everyone sits and they're done. It's like, you know what? Maybe what I'll do this year is actually just put the turkey on my plate. And then I'll eat the turkey. Wait a little bit. Yeah. Finish it. Wait a little bit. Talk to that. And then I'll go get something else. And then I'll go get something else. And maybe I'll try to. Turn doing... into like a six course meal or something. Well, yeah, exactly. Turn it into like one of those six. And that's what gave me the idea is I just did that for my dinner. We went to one of those Michelin star restaurants mm -hmm. and it was an eight course meal. But I mean, the courses are, I mean, the, yeah. they're like this. I never got, I never got full. I felt satisfied at the end. But yeah, but was how like, was the experience? Right. But yeah. it was, and it was amazing. Oh, it was yeah, it's way three, more enjoyable three hours too. of conversation and a great experience. And so maybe I'll try to emulate that where I just put a couple ounces, one to two ounces on my plate, eat it, have conversation, then go back and keep, you know, what's that. funny is I eat like that. Not because now I realize the benefit of it, but the reason why I eat that way is because when I was a kid, I didn't like my food to touch. <laughs> I don't want food to like mix. So I would always have a plate of one thing and then I get another plate of and Jessica yeah. makes fun of it before. Right. She's like, you, she, she knows, like, oh, here's your meat. And it's then like, all like the, the divided countries. Yeah. You she's know, like, then like, you can peas go get are your... over here, you know, potatoes over here. I was kind of the same way. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. And I love this one because, again, holidays, we got to, first of all, we got to remember the, the value of holidays is to see the pe to be around the people you're related to, your friends, people that you love. Um, maybe you don't like them all the time, but you, but on your deathbed, <laughs> you got to love them. But in, in, on your deathbed, you'll think about a lot of these people, right? So it's a once a year or twice a year thing. So you're around them and you want to really enjoy this kind of moment. And I don't I haven't seen my aunt in a while and my cousins in a while. Let's hang out. Let's talk about, let's talk a little bit. Here's a piece of that. And this is one more kind of hack is invite your family and friends after this long meal. We had great, you know, conversation and you took your time and you did all those other things and you say, Hey, you know what, everybody? Let's all go on a nice walk outside. And I swear, most people are totally game. You yeah. would think people are like, no, everybody gets excited to do it. We all put our jackets on and we all go walk outside. I mean, I did this last year and my grandfather, you know, he or not last year, the year before, my grandfather came along, you know, for the walk. It's, as such, well. a, it's such a beautiful time to do this. I mean, fall is one of my favorite times of the year. I mean, the mm -hmm. trees are all different colors and it's, a you know, it's a, you have the kind of warm days, cool mornings and cold nights, like. And you digest your food so much better. Yeah, no, it. this was something that I, I got, I did get her family to do and it is, it's become a tradition where, you know, after we eat this meal that everybody kind of goes on this little, there's a park that's about a quarter to a half a mile away from the house and everybody walks down to the park and enjoys conversation mm -hmm. and then comes back and. 
you just feel a million times better after doing that. Again, this is, we're saying this for Thanksgiving. These are great habits. A lot of these things are great habits to do year round, but maybe if you've never tried applying this, you try applying it for the holiday, see how it works. And it's something that maybe you carry over into your, your normal lifestyle. Cause this is something that I've tried to implement on the daily is just getting in the habit of not eating and then doing what most people do, which is plop down on a couch and watch TV or drink drinks while you're just sitting there and just consuming calories. Yeah. When, uh, when I, what I like to do is, we'll, you know, when the cleaning up starts, right, we'll play music. Everybody's hanging out, kind of cleaning up. And then I'll say, hey, after we're done, let's all go for a walk. Let's all go for a family walk. And everybody, and the first time I said it, you know, I thought people were like, ah, I don't want to. Everybody was like, yeah, let's do this. And it's not, you're not, you're not walking super fast. I, mean, I got my aunts and my uncles and, yeah. you know. But we're walking slow. We're walking outside. We're, again, having great conversation. The little kids come with us. You digest your food better. And you're more active. You're moving more. And you know what else you're not doing? Sitting on the couch mm -hmm. with a bunch of other foods <laughs> sitting around you and yeah. saying, all right, I guess I'll grab another you know, eggnog and, and more <laughs> chips. Instead, you're outside and you're connecting you know, with the people around you. All right, here's the last one. And this is a game changer. Adam, you kind of alluded a little bit to this uh, earlier in the episode where you said, you know, it's not that one meal that gets people to gain weight. It's all the snacking and eating that happens in, in, I don't know about you guys, but Thanksgiving for me or Christmas for me can last a week or longer yeah. because of all the leftovers. Yeah. Like yeah. I go to, I go to eat, you know, this, there's this one dish that we make for Christmas uh, and it's called pasta al forno. Okay. So it's the little circle pastas and it's with sauce and cheese and meat and, you know, artichoke hearts and it's just this, this very, it's a calorie heavy, delicious Sicilian dish, but they'll make so much of it and we'll take so much home. I don't just have it for Christmas. I end up having it for the whole week afterwards. So one thing I started doing is I started saying, I'm going to eat the meal and then leftovers. No, thanks. Yeah, I don't want yeah. it. I'm not going to take any leftovers. It ends here yeah. and I go back to normal and it makes a tremendous difference on my total. No, that's a, that's a yeah. must for me, especially since I have a sweet tooth. Uh, Katrina's family loves to make the, the pies and desserts. And if there's, the, and that's what the most leftover, like, I don't mind, like, you know, I tell Katrina, like, you know, grab some turkey. If we grab some extra turkey. That's we'll, a good we'll, point. I'll take we, turkey. Yeah, <laughs> we can use some turkey later on. That's not, that's not a problem, but it's the mashed potatoes and gravy. It's the pumpkin pie, the apple pecan pie. Pecan pie for me. Yeah, pecan pie, all the Alamode stuff going on, like all the desserts, cupcakes, Cheesecake. like. That stuff, and it's funny too. Whoever hosts, I always feel like they try and get rid of that shit. It's always, because they know, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you don't want it. Well, that's why like, I'm always making somebody mad when I don't take leftovers. But yeah, I've, I started doing that for the last few years. And again, to your point, I'm trying to like at least be reasonable and grab some of the stuff that's not like quite as you know sugar ridden and like you know the the main like starchy carb stuff. Like I'll, I'll take some of the vegetables and the meat, but like I, I have to not have that in my house. Yeah, no, you'll see me in here. Like, I'll come to work and I'll have like turkey, yeah. you know, from from things. But I don't get the, I don't get the pies because that'll cr I'll, I'll crush that. Yeah, I'm not taking the <laughs> give snacks. it to your neighbors. I'm yeah. not taking the the cookies. I might take some of the vegetables, you know, stuff that I'll eat normally. But otherwise, I stay away from all that other stuff, and that's okay if they get upset. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I have a good excuse. I could always be like, "Oh, my gut health is not so good. <laughs> Sorry, I can't take this pie," <laughs> and then my aunt leaves me alone or whatever. But it's, it makes a big difference. And also, it also makes the holiday, in my opinion, special because it's that meal, it's that holiday. And then the rest of the time, you know, you're back to normal or whatever, or maybe you do your post-Thanksgiving workout like I do. Um, and again, we need to remember the, the real value of holidays. It's not the, oh, it's a holiday. I'm going to eat until I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to eat until I'm, I'm 
you know, unhappy with myself or I hate myself. I'm going to eat until I feel sick. That's not enjoyable. And but we know what leads to that, right? We know it's that that you you're not mindful, you're not aware. You feel like you're either on your diet or off your diet. You get this green card to to punish and damage yourself. That is not the spirit of the holidays. The spirit of the holidays is family, friends, present, and it's okay to enjoy food for its taste, but actually enjoy the food. Don't just shovel it in your face and eat as fast as you possibly can. So. We didn't, uh, we actually did on our, our list was and in, didn't include alcohol, but I'm just curious to like, mm. uh, how you guys manage alcohol consumption on, on Thanksgiving. Is it something that you don't do at all because you don't really care for it that much? Is it something you for sure like, but then you have little boundaries and rules? Like, or how do you guys deal with alcohol consumption on, on Thanksgiving? Depends on which family I'm uh, doing Thanksgiving with. <laughs> <laughs> which one's more stressful? Is that why? Yeah, right? well, <laughs> no, which, it's just which one. You got Courtney's cool family. I want which to be fucked up aren't. for this one. Yeah. Right. I'm going to have to make sure and uh, account for all these extra calories. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I definitely have to like be conscious of that uh, with, with certain uh, family groups and whatnot, because it is, it's a great social lubricant. And so it's, I, I don't, Honestly, I enjoy it, but just try to make sure that it's not something that gets away from me. And uh, it's something that I enjoy like after dinner. Yeah. Uh, and it's not so I'm like not constantly just having a, a glass in my hand. Yeah. Uh, because that's easy to do because sometimes it's a little awkward, you know, maybe like some people are talking about subjects you don't want to talk about. Like <laughs> I'll end up just going outside now, getting some fresh air, playing with the kids. Like there's other strategies there. Uh, but yeah, just like try to enjoy one, two and, and just, you know, do, I, I've moved on to something like, uh, like a whiskey on the rocks or something where I can sip it really slowly. And that, again, it's this whole slow concept for me really works, you know, in all facets. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, those uncomfortable holiday, holiday conversations. <laughs> They're going to be hot this year. Uh, There's the so last, many things to talk about. I'm going to talk about COVID, worst, and politics, like and dude, we're doing it for everybody, right? Say what? I'd say the last two years have to be like the two of the most like stressful Thanksgiving probably in history, right? Probably with, with COVID and all the politics and stuff yep. like that. I think that I, I would imagine last year and this year is probably two of the hardest. Yeah, that I started, should be the rule. Like, just nobody can talk about. I it. started changing the conversation, and it and everybody knows it. And I annoy people on purpose. So they'll start. Hey, oh, did you see that study on the on the vaccine? Or oh, look at those mandates. Or what about this and that? And then I'll say something completely off. And everybody knows, like, oh, Sal's trying to get us to stop talking about yeah. this kind of stuff. But yeah, it's uh, we're not big alcohol drinkers, so we might I might have like a little bit of I think it's called frenet. It's like a, a post meal digestive, you know, alcohol or whatever. Yeah. But um, I mean, you want me? I mean, truth be told, if I'm gonna have anything that's gonna be a social lubricant, it's gonna be cannabis, no yeah. calories. So I'm gonna have a, yeah. a little bit of cannabis, and then I'm you know I'm I'm enjoying myself, and I'm not drinking alcohol. You know, I'm not the, saying you know go do that, but that's just me. You know what though? You guys both just brought up something that again, this wasn't added in our list of of hacks, but it it does probably make a lot of sense that you know when you're talking about stressful conversations that people tend to probably overindulge both alcohol and food mm -hmm. and so to try and avoid conversations like that and stick to positive uh, stuff gratitude things that are yeah. going well in our life try and steer the conversation as much as you can that way cuz i imagine you you guys aren't alone in this where people go to a family and they have very different political views than other family members yeah. the conversation starts going that way your way of not talking is by shoving food in your mouth or by drinking something yeah. so mm -hmm. probably in your best interest to probably keep it light here's a here's a little sales yep. sales technique okay whoever asks the questions directs the conversation. 
So if you ever want to change a conversation, you ask a question. So your uncle, you know, comes up and he's like, oh, Trump's the greatest thing since sliced bread or Biden's amazing or whatever. And you're like, oh, here we go. Be like, hey, what happened? Uh, you know, how was the football game that you saw yesterday? Or, hey, how's your son doing? I haven't seen him in a while. You ask a question, you change the direction of the conversation, make it something positive. This is a, a old sales technique. Yep. It's quite effective. Not always foolproof. So you might have to just walk away sometimes. Go outside, go for a walk or whatever. Look, if you like our information, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out all of our guides. We have guides that can help you with all of your fitness goals. You can also find all of us on Instagram. So Justin is at mindpumpjustin. I'm at Mind Pump Sal and Adam is at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>